0: good evening good evening we are so glad to see you here tonight we have plenty of room to dance during worship because we got all these chairs gone so there's lots of room and let's just go together and worship our king together amen get to
1: know you cards. We'd love to get to know you and just give it to an usher. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening. We are so glad to have you with us. Hey man, did they uh, hi Tom, hello, hello, am I on, did they take the offering bucket? Let's let's get ready to keep on tonight. Hi, live streamers. good to have you, and uh, hopefully things are going well for you. But if you have a prayer request live streamers, by the way, you can go ahead and post that on the Facebook thread there, and we will pray for them uh, as soon as service is over. Thanks for joining us. Wherever you're at, say hi, wave, or whatever, and uh, we're glad that you joined us here tonight. I only believe at Urbana. Amen. All right, let's take up tithes and offering. If you have something to give, um, we're going to take up tithes and offering. So here's what we're going to do. Um, no, we can't do that. All right, uh, here's what we're going to do. I got a solution. So here's the story. So if you're watching on live stream, uh, hello, 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 hello. Thank you. We're, we're in the middle of moving our church and apparently somebody took the offering buckets already. So we're just going to use a guitar case tonight. So it's like, like I'm on the subway playing here. So, um, <laughs> yeah, right. So let's, uh, all right, everybody, hey, let's, let's get going here. Let's, uh, let me pray over a tithe and offering. If you have something to give, go ahead and drop it in our bucket tonight. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come to your house and uh, uh, just be with you here tonight and, and, and worship in the word. And we pray as we give tonight, uh, your blessing is upon us. We thank you for your provision in our lives, and our giving tonight is part of that worship. And, and we do worship you tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody says, Amen. Bring it on down if you have it tonight. That'll be the most secure offering we ever did. We can lock that case up and <laughs> count it later. Man, y'all y'all are a little antsy tonight. Like I saw yeah, there it is, yeah. History. I was I I I was in here and I turned around I was like, oh wow, they're peeling the stickers off the window. They're just like ready to get going here, I guess. So are y'all ready? Yep. ready. Y'all ready? Hey, Amen. So uh, Sunday we will be here. Uh, for one last service and, and on Sunday I think the only thing that will be left in here is the chairs I think so uh, tomorrow night do you guys need help? I mean people can come with I think we're okay but if you want to come, yeah, if you want to come. Uh, they're going to be moving all the sound gear uh, the media they got to get up and, and pull some wires out um, if we have some people that are skilled enough we can take the TVs down but if not leave them alone I'll get them um, <laughs> But uh, so, if you want to help what time are you guys doing this? do you know I'll say five Five? Yeah. I'll say so if you if you want to help and five o'clock to move the ge- the rest of this gear and then uh, they're just going to get it in the building get situated then over the weekend, we got some people coming to plug things back in and get it going for us so uh, that's what's happening um, by the way, Monday night, I was like I pulled up in the parking lot, I was blown away by the amount of people that were helping, and you guys did a phenomenal job yeah. and and we had a, uh, uh, and by the way, thanks for the, the food uh, yeah. from the Constantinos, and we, we, we appreciate that. So, uh, and we kind of had an emergency, the, the chairs were supposed to be delivered Wednesday, and I got a call at like, I don't remember what time it was, and they are like, hey, the chairs will be there in a couple hours, and you guys got to come get them off, you know, we won't, you won't get them for a couple more weeks. I was like, uh, you said Wednesday, well, we're here. Okay, so... A lot of spastic things happened on Monday, but it was great. So the chairs are in, they're all put together, things are moved in. You guys did a phenomenal job. So I was absolutely blown away by the whole thing. So I appreciate you all. Uh, And we're almost there. So if you want to help do this, that's great. Uh, And then what's going to happen Sunday. We're not going to have a work day Saturday because we just want to have to get situated in the building. I need to get in there and do some stuff. Uh, But then Sunday, when church is over, if anything didn't get moved, we got to take care of it Sunday. Anybody who has a key to this building, have it to give to me on, on Sunday. And uh, right after church, we'll finish uh, peeling those stickers off that you guys started on tonight. So that's pretty much the deal. then uh, next Wednesday, there's no service. Okay, so, so uh, no service next Wednesday. So Sunday here, no service next Wednesday. Then Good Friday in our new building at 630. Amen. So that's what's going on. And then on Sunday, uh, we'll kind of talk a little bit more about... What that looks like. And uh, by the way, if you're live streaming, uh, tonight uh, is the last night for live stream. We hope it, to have it back up by Easter. If we don't, bear with us. We'll eventually get there. It may take us a little while to get situated with some things. So uh, that's what's going on. So other than that, it's all the announcements I want to throw out there. So I think we're ready. Amen. Hey, man. And if you guys were in the building, uh, we've had so many volunteer hours that did such a phenomenal job in the building. And, and you guys saw the windows that are being put in. They look really good. And so it's all coming along. So we're excited. Amen? Amen. All right. Psalm 25. Let's jump into the word. And we were in Psalm 25 last week. We're going to go back there again tonight. And, and hopefully finish this out. Psalm 25, a Psalm of David. I love the Psalms. I think every once in a while we got to get in the Psalms and preach out of the Psalms and talk about the Psalms because of all the places in the Bible, the, the book of Psalms, uh, all 150 of them, they are raw emotion. You know, they, they, they just have it. These are people, David and, and then those others that, that wrote the Psalms. By the way, a lot of the Psalms were kind of like songs. You know, early church and I prayed the Psalms, they sang some of the Psalms. Uh, so they were much used in the early church, but there, a lot of them are, are just raw emotion. The rubber meets the road emotion uh, of things that the, those that wrote it, they were going through. And they're crying out to God and they're interacting with God, right? And, and then at times wondering where God is at, but also knowing that he never fails. I mean, them. You see this uh, working and, and, and living with a living God who interacts with their life. And how he does that. It shows up so much in the writing of the Psalms. So Psalm 25. uh, We're not going to go through what we did last week. But let's just start at verse 1. Psalm 25. Just to recap. It says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh my God. In you I trust. And by the way, whenever you see those. Oh, Lord, so, oh, my God. That, that, is, a, that is an expression of, of longing. That's an expression of, of, of just, just crying out, right? And David, I, I love this because to you I lift up my soul. In other words, he's saying I give all of who I am over to you. Amen. Isn't that what the Christian life is about? Yes. You know, you, you can talk about it picking up your cross and following him. You can talk about it offering your body as a living sacrifice. These are all synonymous Different ways of expressing that God has reached out to us and we respond to him. And, and the biggest, best thing you can do is give all of who you are. Yes. Right? You know, no, the great command is to do what? Love God with what? Oh, God. That's everything. That, that is to you I lift up my soul. That's giving it all to God in response to his love. We love him and we learn to love, right? How many of all are still growing in your love for God? And you should never stop. Amen. And then he goes on to talk about trust. And, and, you know, the best thing you can do after you give yourself to God is then to learn to trust him. Amen. You, you can say, hey, I've, I've given all of myself to you. And then go, oh, I don't know about that part, though. I'm not sure about that way of doing it. I'm not sure about giving that up. I'm not sure about starting that. You know you know what I'm saying? So that we learn to trust him. Faith is trust. Faith, we often think of faith in terms of getting stuff from God. Right? If you have faith, then. But we do have to have faith, right? And we do have to believe. But don't you trust in your belief? Faith is active belief that trusts. And if you're really if you're really going to give all of yourself to God, then you have to trust that He's going to do what's best for you when you give all of yourself to Him, right? So David writes this and 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 talks about some things with his enemies. So so at this time, apparently David is being pursued by somebody, and and there are different. If you ever read about David, there were different several times, different times, that he was pursued by different people. David always looked like somebody was trying to kill him. I mean, his whole entire life, right? Even his own kids went after him. You can imagine. Not just Saul, right, but Absalom, right? So he, he's always going through stuff, right? So David's another time about his enemies, but he's say, in the midst of all these things that could possibly happen to me, I'm giving all of myself to you, and therefore I trust Right? So I think we got the whole way through. uh, Let's see, verse 7 last time. So, verse number 8. Let's jump there. Psalm 25 and verse 8. Good and upright is the Lord. In other words, God is good. Yeah, some of you are old school. All the time. How many of y'all believe in the goodness of God? Would you ever trust yourself to something that you didn't ultimately believe was good? No, not a chance. You only fully trust something you believe is good, right? God is good. There's a song that I don't know if you guys just sing it. You're the good, good father. You guys ever sing that song? I like that song. But uh, it, the words are good. I just didn't like the music. I just, yeah, this song didn't do anything for me. But the words are good. God is a good, good father. That song didn't do nothing for me. But it was a good, good word, right? You ever, you ever have a song, good, good words, but yeah, I don't know. How yeah, yeah, I many you know what I'm talking about? You can be honest, and you're not putting down the band, right? Okay, so God is the good, good father. He's the, Jesus, the good shepherd. He is good all the way through, Right? And, and he, is, he is upright. In other words, he's just. There, there is nothing in God that you can look at and say, well, that's not quite correct. That's not quite right. That's not how it should be. That's mixed. It, it's, it's not uh, completely of a status of integrity. God is good, and he is upright. He is just. And, and because he is those things, and watch, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. Now, how many of y'all know? At some point, you were a sinner. How many of y'all are saved now? Okay. Aren't you glad that God didn't wait till you were perfect to instruct you? God instructs sinners. In and why does He do it? Because He's good. Because He is upright. He's just. So, um, uh. Years ago, we, we had some, uh, some uh, characters, squirrely characters, start coming to the youth group. Some, some of these kids, that they were really, really rough around the edges. And, and, and we got a couple hundred kids coming, and, and, and you know, before church, you can't really control them. So they're wandering around the whole church, and they're, you know, they're interacting with the adults, and they're outside doing what they're doing. I started to have adults come to me and say, hey, why are these kids at the church? Now, can you imagine such a question? Why? Why, why do you have these kids coming to church? Why? And they start, well, I saw them do this, and I heard them say this, and I said, and then I just, well, time out. Do we want to put a cutout of Jesus at the end of the driveway, and if you only fit through the cutout, you can come to the church? You know, you wouldn't make it anyway. Neither would I, right? Thank goodness God instructs the sinners in his way. Anybody who will listen and begin to trust, God will begin to instruct. And I know, I don't know about you, but I can speak on my behalf. Thank goodness he does. He did, and he still does, because I haven't attained it all yet. I'm righteous in his sight, but I haven't got there yet, right? So God instructs the sinners in ways. He does it because he is good. Amen. Now, verse... uh, Number nine, and he leads the humble in what is right, and he teaches the humble his way. One of the biggest characteristics that we must grow into is a state of humility in our life. The Bible says don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to, right? You know, I think we were talking about this last week. In other words, never get to a place that you're not teachable, when, when you're humble, you'll be submissive. And when you're submissive, you'll be obedient. And all those things mean you're teachable. All right, so you know you know what I love? So I've, I've been, I told you, I've been preaching for a, uh, a couple decades, right? More than a couple, that's a long time. I love it when I still learn as I'm reading the Word. I, I love to... I've been teaching from a Bible for, but I still like to learn. I still like to be taught. I like to be taught by the Holy Spirit. I, I like to hear from others, and I love to learn. I never want to be a place in my life where I'm not teachable. I never—if my wife has the permission—if she thinks I'm getting prideful, take care of it. Good. Right? <laughs> Amen. Never allow yourself to be prideful. Because the moment you're prideful, you begin to separate yourself from the will and the ways of God. Because when, when you know uh, that, that God said it's this way and you choose another way, that's pride. Right? Did, you know, remember, remember the uh, original sin. Did God really say? Well, they knew he said, but did, and then you start to question. That that's, root of pride shows up in that stuff. Now all of a sudden we can reason and think better than God. And even though we know his way and we're learning his way, we choose other things, or we get to the place where we just simply think we know it all. So psh, I just can do whatever I think in wisdom, because I've, I've, I've arrived somewhere. Never be have that place in your life. Always be humble. Submit yourself. Be obedient. So then verse 10, what happens is all the past of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimony. So, so in the time of David, what covenant and testimonies meant in our context uh, in Jesus and what Jesus has done for us and certainly uh, what the testimony of Jesus is. So we live because we're humble in the ways of the Lord that are steadfast love and faithfulness. So God is good, right? God is upright. He's just. But God is steadfast and faithful. Amen. The the word righteous that you find in, in the New Testament, it carries a connotation when it's talking about Jesus himself. It carries a connotation of faithfulness. Faithfulness to covenant. In other words, faithfulness for what he is doing for us and will continue to do. Thank goodness God is faithful because we are not. And if you, if you read, I mean, uh, you read through the Old Testament and, and they're constantly uh, being compared to a harlot. Isn't that right? Because Israel was constantly unfaithful. They, they were given covenant. They were in covenant with God himself, and yet they kept choosing other things and choosing other ways and choosing other gods. And they were unfaithful to God, but did God still remain faithful? They ended up in exile because of sin. God always somehow, some way brought them out, right? It's still that way today. God is faithful to us. Thank goodness. And if we can be learn, we can learn in our humility to be faithful to Him. And to learn to consistently live in him. That only happens because you're humble, right? Then we learn steadfastness, right? Faithfulness. That's one of the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's something we should grow in. The work of the Holy Spirit in us produces a faithfulness in response to the fact that he is faithful. Amen. That's who God is. He is steadfast. He is faithful. And, and, and the paths that he puts us on are those things. So verse 11, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Amen. So who is it? Who is the man who fears the Lord? Now, you understand, I, there, there's a, I would say, a, a sort of a tension that we find in Scripture. How many of y'all know you're a friend of God? But yet there's this thing about the fear of the Lord, too. You see what I'm saying? There is this reverence and awe of the fact that he is God. Right? And some of the reason that people live a life of sin is because they don't have a healthy fear of a God who is just and who will judge. So I I am a friend of God, but but he's not my buddy-buddy in such a way that I don't respect him and revere him. And know that he's still God and and deserves my respect. So who is it who has a fear of God? It is the man that he will instruct in the way that he should choose. Now, who has a choice here? You do. But if you fear the Lord in the way that you should, then he can instruct you how you should choose life. In other words, there is a way. And there is a way that you must live in. And, and, and I, wish it was, I wish it was easy button. You know, you could hit the easy button, and, and you automatically just choose everything that God would have you choose. But then way that takes away your free will, and then where's relationship in that, right? But he will instruct you in the way that, that you should choose because that way is the way of life. It, it's steadfastness. It's faithfulness. It's, it's living in the full context of his love and all those different kind of things. verse 13 his soul shall abide in well-being and his offspring shall inherit the land so if we are people who have a a fear of the Lord in such a way that he is who he is I am that I am God will instruct us in the way that we should live that will bring a well-being to our soul isn't that what abundant life is about? Yes. He shows you the way he brings the well-being. Why, why would he do that? Because he's a good God. And how can that happen? Because you trust him. Because he is all about, at the end of the day, the well-being of your soul. Amen. And it says your children will inherit the land. In other words, in other words that, that's the context of David. He's thinking uh, uh, specific land, promised land, Israel, uh, Jerusalem, all those th- Our context is promised land, right, to come, eternal life. So God is about the well-being of our soul, but you have to trust him. You have to be humble. You have to put yourself before him, right? You have to listen to his instruction and, and then choose his instruction. Every day you got choices to make. Are you going to choose his way? And if we're, if we're obedient enough to listen, he will show us. In other words, we grow out of our ignorance, right? Now, now, I grew up in church enough to know pretty much what was, you know, in his eyes, right and wrong sin, right? It, so when I got saved, it wasn't, wasn't a question if I didn't know. I just had to start doing, you know? But for, there are some people, they come to know God, and they know nothing, that's great. But God will begin to instruct them. So, so you know, sometimes when people first get saved, you don't, you don't walk over to them and say, OK, now let me give you the list of 400 things that need to change by tomorrow morning. You let people grow. And God sees, but God will grow them, and, and, and he will show them the way of instruction, and then they're in this process of becoming a disciple and living discipleship and what that means to follow Jesus. And they're in this process of discovering and learning and going, oh, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Wow, look at that, and there's things happening in their life. But if, if they listen, God will set their feet on this place of steadfastness and faithfulness that is him, and he'll take them on this life with him, Right? So he grows us in these things for the well-being of our soul. Verse 14, And the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. Now there's that tension. Friendship and fear doesn't seem to go together. But the friendship of the Lord, those who draw close to him in an intimate way always hold that healthy fear of who God is. And not fear is I'm scared, but fear and reverence. I'm only worried of God when if, if, if I knew I was in sin and there's judgment pending. Does that make sense? Yep. But, but living in him in an intimate way, a, a reverence of the fact that he is God, draws you intimate places with him. You see, there, there's this idea of friendship and being with him and knowing, knowing him mm-hmm. more, growing in knowing him. Right. And so he knows you. Right. But it's the response of knowing him, that intimacy we find with him. And the other part of that verse is verse 14. He makes known to them his covenant. Again, we're learning, we're growing. Verse 15. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. In other words, when trouble comes. And it keeps on going. Verse 16, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. So here's David in his trouble, and he's feeling lonely and afflicted. And he thinks he's in a place where he may fall into a snare, a trap, a net of one of his enemies. How many of y'all have ever felt lonely and afflicted? That's why the Psalms are gritty. He's in a place. Whatever's going on, he feels. This is King David. This is the guy who killed Goliath. And before that, he took care of the lion and the bear. And he did that when he was a kid. Now you would think, let's just be honest. Boys, guys, remember when you, or ladies too, remember when you were 13 or 14 years old? If you were out hanging out with a sheep and you killed a lion and you killed a bear, it would be very hard not to think a lot about yourself. Am I correct? You would have, you'd have pictures all over Facebook. I mean, you would be constantly, you know, I don't know if I ever told you a story, and everybody's going, you have. But like, before, you remember for yeah, you told, but yeah, let me tell you, you know, you'd be telling people all the time how you killed a lion and a bear. Then he kills Goliath. The entire army of Israel was scared of this guy, right? He goes out there, would seem to be like a prideful kid, and he kills Goliath, but yet, this guy who did all of these great exploits is sitting here saying, I am lonely and I'm afflicted. And I'm worried about falling into this trap. There are t- I don't care who you are. I don't care uh, what you have done. You may face days where you feel lonely and afflicted. But this is why you got to dig-, dig into the Psalms and cry out. Because David's crying out, hey, are you hearing me up there? This is a brand new situation, and I need you in my situation. So he's crying out, I'm lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. How many understand that? Okay, and it says, now, now he cries out, bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble, and watch this, and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes. And with with what violent hatred they hate me. Guard my soul and deliver me. You hear these prayers that are coming out in this. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. And redeem Israel, God, out of all its troubles. So David's crying out for help. So let's just say this. It is not unusual in life, to find yourself in a place that you feel like there's affliction. Now, here's what I know, and this this is what happens in in, uh, maybe more Pentecostal charismatic churches, depending on the teaching, is, well, if I'm in a place of affliction and trouble, that means I didn't have faith, and that's why I'm there. False. You just are in life. God didn't promise you, if you had faith, that you would never face anything. Correct? But what happens when you find yourself in infliction and troubles, and some sort of, of, of thing that you would consider an enemy, maybe not a person, but a situation, what you do in that moment determines whether or not you have faith in him. It's not that it came, but what are you going to do now? And the greatest response you can do in the most gritty way that you can do it is cry out to God and say, hey, I need you to help me right here. Right? Because we will find ourselves in these places for different things. It could, it could be physical. It could be financial. It could be emotional, relational, all those different things. We have faced things. And we find ourselves in these spots. What you do in that moment means everything. Amen. you know it's okay to cry out to God? You know you know it's okay to raise your voice a little bit? I'm not saying yelling at him, but I'm just saying it's okay to have an emotional cry out to God. Yes. It's okay. It's okay to, 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 to so desire him to be involved in your situation that you almost feel silly, that you're like, ah, well, what's going on? Where are you? Come help me. Right? But I think those times that are emotional like these Psalms are, you you put yourself, whether or not you realize it, you put yourself right in his hands. And what better place for you to ever be than in the hands of God in your situation? Right? Now, I don't know, how long was it till David was delivered from this specific situation? Who knows? And then we probably research what scholars think was behind this psalm, and it would say some things. But, but then, again, was this the only time David was in this kind of spot? No. And there will be another psalm. I guarantee you keep reading There's another one. He's going, hey, I got some trouble. Please come help me. And then, then you read, and there's another psalm. Hey, this is going on. Can please come help. You know, it's what the psalms are full of this stuff. Because this is real life right here. This is life happening. But you find time and time again the response of God. Because behind the Psalms, we know the story of David. Then you can jump over to Kings and and read about it, right? And know in the midst of these personal moments with God that he happened to write down and record, then the bigger picture story is happening, and we see the affliction of David and all the things he went through. and We know time and time again, even when David sinned and did dumb stuff, that God was faithful, right? And God pulled him through. And God set things right, right? Amen. So do you trust that God will do that? That's, that's the big thing. Do you trust that when you have to cry out because of affliction, because of of, of troubles, do you trust that God is going to respond? But what if you've been going through it for a little bit? Do you trust that God is going to respond? That's the big thing right there that as much as we believe in his faithfulness, then we must remain faithful to him Amen. to know that he's going to see us through. Because yes. the Bible says, how many all love God? Yes. Okay. The Bible says that God works for the good of those who love him. Yes. The thing is, God is, in his ways, are higher than ours. Yes. Amen. And we don't always understand how he's working for the good of those who love him. So while he's working for the good of those who love him, and we don't see how he's working for the good of those who love him, then we have to trust that he's working for the good of those who love him, even when we don't understand how he's doing it. Amen. You see? But we know that somehow, way the good and upright God who's, who, who's taken us on paths of steadfastness and faithfulness is going to see us through. Amen. Therefore, every day, no matter what, we lift up our soul and give it to him. Yeah. Every day, I give myself to you. Because I trust that you're working for my good, the well-being of my soul. Amen? Amen. This is your everyday practice. There's things you, you do, well, I hope you do every day. I, I hope you brush your teeth every day. <laughs> I hope you shower consistently, right? You should eat properly. I had a girl at track yesterday throwing up. I found out she didn't eat all day. Then she was running conditioning. I was just like, that wasn't smart. (laughs) I hope you're taking care of yourself. You're eating properly. You're eating anyways, right? You should do things every day. Let me tell you the best thing you can do every single day is lift up your soul and give it to God in prayer. And somehow, somewhere in your mind, I trust you with all of this. You made it. I trust you with this whole thing. Lift it up to him. And allow him to instruct you on what to do. How, how often, and I, I, would, I would hate to think, and I, I don't think this going to happen, but I would hate to think if I got the, in, in eternity with him, and he said, okay, let me tell you how many times I was trying to instruct you and you didn't listen. I don't think he's going to do that. But it, I, would, I would just be like, oh, my gosh. you got to be kidding me. Really? And I didn't know what, to, oh, you were trying to instruct me? Really? Oh, that was in the, yep, that was in the Bible. I, I don't know what I was thinking. You, you know what I'm saying? Lift yourself up every day and allow him the opportunity to instruct you. Remember we were talking last week about waiting upon him. Learn to wait and listen. Don't burn through your prayer. Boo and throw all your stuff out there and say, hey man, I gotta go do this. Listen. So he can instruct you. Right? Spend time in the word when you can. Why? It will instruct you. Right? These are things we must, in the best way that we can, take time for. It. It's different for each one of us. I get it, but take time for it. Okay? That is lifting up your soul, and and then God will take care of you in the goodness and for the well-being of who you are. Amen? Amen. I like the psalm. We'll we'll hear a psalm every once in a while. We just got to do that. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus. Lord, that we would never try to live life without you. Not, not Obviously not just when, Lord, when, when, when we are in a place of trouble. But even in when we consider the best of times, Lord, that we would never try to live life without you. That we always humble ourselves and be obedient and be teachable and, and, and live according to the covenant that you have with us. So, Lord, we simply declare declare something that that I'm not sure that, that people say a whole lot. But, Lord, we need you. And we cannot do this without you. And we cannot live in your ways without you. So tonight, we lift up our soul to you. We give everything we are to you. And we declare once again that, Lord, we trust you. So please lead us. Please guide us. Let's, let your word be clear to us. The scriptures that they are opened up to us by the Holy Spirit, that, that the, the, the leading and the voice of the Holy Spirit is clear to us, Lord, that it cuts through the noise that's around us every single day so we can live in step with the Spirit. Lord, we thank you that you love us so much that you want the well-being of our soul. And if we, we can hear this voice and listen and follow you and be in worship to you, that we know that you're going to take care of us. And we're so grateful for that. But just, just thank him for a minute for, for who he is and what he's done for you and, and, and all the times that he's brought you through something. That, that's your testimony. But it's a testimony of who he is. Just thank him for it. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you tonight for all of those things that you've done for us. Some of them seem like like minor things. Some of them maybe were giant things. Whatever it is, Lord, we thank you for providing, for for opening ways where there seemed to be no way. We thank you for uh, uh, just just simple things. uh, just the strength. We thank you for wisdom. We we thank you for peace that passes our understanding. All of these kind of things. We thank you for it. I pray we live in these things each and every day. In Jesus' name, in your name, we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well, thank you for coming tonight. It was good to see you. Um, tomorrow night, if you want to help, see Samara. If not, we'll see you Sunday. And uh, woohoo! It's gonna be a good day.